Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Okay, so today's episode is a replay from one of the weekly live sessions that myself and Yasmir from Team Clever Girl Finance hosted a couple weeks ago. And in this particular weekly live session, we focused on the topic of how not to let imposter syndrome mess with your goals. And this topic actually has a dedicated chapter in my new book that drops in a week, one week on July 6th, called Choosing to Prosper. And so Yasmir interviews me on how imposter syndrome has been in my life and how I have navigated it. And I think it's a really important conversation to have and a really important topic to discuss often because imposter syndrome does not go away. So I hope you guys enjoy listening to this episode. If you would like to join us live one of these days, we host our weekly live call every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. And as I mentioned, my new book, Choosing to Prosper, comes out on July 6th, so next week. And I would be so grateful if you picked up a copy. It's going to be available everywhere books are sold in all formats. And if you are in the New York City area, there's actually going to be a book launch event for Choosing to Prosper on July 9th. 2020. That's a Saturday at 10.30 a.m. And you can get all the details on the Clever Girl Finance Instagram page. So I hope you guys enjoy listening to this episode. I am so excited for this book to come out and I cannot wait to share my personal story so far with you guys. Hey, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Hey, everyone. <laughs> I can already see the fun chats in the comment between Yvonne and Esther about who got here first. But happy Wednesday. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. My name is Bella Sokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. And my amazing co-host, Yasmir, will introduce herself. Hey, everyone. I'm Yasmir. I am the content creator for Clever Girl Finance, joining you from New York City. Yay. So welcome, everyone. Please come on in. Tell us where you're joining from. Uh, we typically have these, this live session every Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And today we are going to be talking about how not to let imposter syndrome mess with your goals, because it's something that a lot of people struggle with. So this topic is inspired by my upcoming book, which drops in about July 6th, so about three weeks. Oh my gosh. And um, we are repping our Choosing to Prosper t-shirts, which are also in the Clever Oil Finance shop. And Yasmer is going to be asking me questions that she came up with about this chapter and why I think it's a really important discussion to have. 
So yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, so we're just continuing um, our talk about uh, your book. And today we're going to focus on um, imposter syndrome, which is something that a lot of us go through. And we may not be aware that we're going through it. Um, so just for those who may not know what it is, Bola, what is imposter syndrome? Yeah, so imposter syndrome is the idea that you are not really that person that you are saying you want to be or that you are presenting yourself as. It's almost the idea of you feeling like a fraud, hence the word imposter, and it's you feeling less than capable of being able to accomplish what you want to accomplish. And even when you are making progress, even when you have made the big accomplishments, you still don't acknowledge that success because you feel like maybe that was just a fluke or a one-time thing. And I'm certainly going to fail the next time. So it's that feeling of feeling slash fear slash emotion of feeling less than, of feeling incapable, of feeling like you're pretending, of feeling like someone's going to catch on to this. Um, it's sometimes getting in our own heads and it's something I've dealt with. I'm very familiar with imposter syndrome. So, <laughs> yes, I'm very familiar with that too. Um, so we're focusing on, um, chapter eight where you share about, um, your struggles with imposter syndrome um, and you go into it a lot and you share like your experiences with that um, being that you've gone through it and um, wouldn't say like you're on the other side but like you managed it uh, what advice would you give to women who are dealing uh, or going through with imposter syndrome and they're feeling like it's keeping them from achieving their goals yeah so you know I've dealt with imposter syndrome, as you mentioned, starting federal finance um, and quitting my job to build a business of impact. And even though this was something that I wanted to pursue, in the back of my head, there was that voice telling me that this was ridiculous. Um, who are you to do this? Why do you think no anyone even cares about what you're trying to do? You're going to leave your six-figure job and your steady paycheck and your 401k to go build this business, right? Um, and even when I started to, um, when I quit my job and I started to build the business, it was my imposter syndrome telling me, your mom, you have twins, you don't have time for this. It's going to be too much work. It's going to be really hard. It has to be so hard. So it's it's just like, it's like this voice in the back of your head there that you have an intention, you, you have these goals, you things that you want to pursue and you're making progress towards them. But as you're taking action, there's that voice in this head, in your head um, that starts to help you <laughs> make things seem nonsensical things seem much bigger than they are, right? It's like flying an airplane, which is the safest mode of transportation, but you get on the plane and immediately something tells you, oh, it's going to crash right now, going to crash right now, but this is the safest mode of transportation in the whole world. The likelihood that something is going to happen to you, unless it's an act of God or something, are like 0.0000000%. So in our heads, we, we kind of like we kind of turn it into something else. And the challenge with imposter syndrome, the danger of imposter syndrome is that if we shift our focus to that little voice in the back of our head, it stops us in our tracks. And I see this, I've seen this with myself, right? Where there, there's actions I could have taken in my business 
um, that I delayed because of my imposter syndrome. Um, I had been talking about wanting to quit my job a year before I actually quit my job, not because I wasn't prepared to quit it, but because I was so afraid of walking away from this safety net and this comfort zone. And so in terms of women who are navigating imposter syndrome, achieving their goals, applying for a job, asking for a raise, building your business, you know, it, it, it never goes away. The more successful you are, <laughs> the voice just, it just continues to re-angle the topic of what it's telling you you cannot do. But it's important to recognize that it exists right? Don't ignore that little voice in the back of your head. Don't ignore the insecurities. Don't ignore the fears, but understand that by acknowledging them, you now have power over those fears, over those thoughts in your head. And it's now your choice to determine how you take action, right? You can shift your focus and spend all your time focusing on the fears and all of that negativity. Or you can say, you know what? I am afraid, but I'm going to do it any, anyway. I am nervous, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yes, it's going to be hard work, but guess what? I'm going to pace myself and take it one day at a time. You know, I can achieve that savings goal. It seems really way out into the future, but you know what? I'm going to start with this one this $1 first. I can pay off that debt. It might seem so far into the future to becoming debt-free, but you know what? I'm going to start with this payment First, it's about acknowledging it and then deciding on the actions you're going to take to to put it to kind of silence it and minimize its volume in your head. So a friend of mine once gave me a really great um, uh, analogy about fear and imposter syndrome. You know, if you felt it once, you're going to continue to feel it. It doesn't go away. Uh, like I said, the more successful you come become in whatever aspect of your life the more the voice is there. You become a VP at your job. You get a big promotion. You get, you know, whatever it might be. And she said, you know, it's like you're going on a trip. And on, on, on this trip, right, are all of your, the things with you. So you're the driver of this bus and you have passengers. You have your positive mindset. You have your goals and ambitions in one seat. You have um, the progress you're making in one seat. But then you also have the nuisances at the back of the bus who like to heckle everybody, right? You have the fear back there. You have the negative emotions back there. You have the self-doubt back there. And you really, as the driver of the bus, as the one in control of the journey, you have to maybe put your, your bus in, in, in park for a second and turn back and talk to the people in the back of the bus who are heckling and tell them to shut up, okay? You can come on this ride, because you're part of the, the crew, I can't throw you off, but you're not gonna speak over everybody. You're not going to 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 dump to to um dim down my ambitions or my goals because you want to heckle. You're gonna be back there and you're gonna zip it. <laughs> and so that's really um um helpful advice that I have gotten. Very nice. Um you know, in this chapter, you open up about um, imposter syndrome, which is not an easy topic to talk about. Um, no. <laughs> so, uh, why was it important for you to have a chapter on uh, imposter syndrome? So the chapter is on imposter syndrome. I'm just looking at it here. It's on imposter syndrome and mental health and other challenges. And I think it was it was very important for me to share just my experiences with imposter syndrome and how I continue to navigate navigate it and how I've continued to dealt, deal with it because um, there is this idea that if you build a successful business, if your, your face is out there, that um, you're superhuman and you don't face any challenges. And that is a complete lie. Um, 
I'm a human being. Um, I'm a vulnerable person. I navigate my emotions. I navigate my fears. Um, and this is real life, right? This is something that other women that can relate to um, if it's spoken about. Like if you're taking a journey to build a business, to pursue career goals, to save, to invest, to build wealth, whatever your goals are in your life, um, it's harder to stay focused if you feel like you're an, on an isolated journey. And if you feel like there is no one out there that you can relate to as you make progress, especially when things get difficult, right? In this chapter, I talk about crying and crying a lot. I'm a big crier. I, I like to cry. <laughs> um, because sometimes that's the only release that I have for me to be able to take a deep breath and say, you know what? Well, okay, I've cried it out. Now I can pick my put myself back together and then continue through this difficult situation or get past that negative comment or that disappointment or whatever it might be. So it was really important for me to share um, just as another woman, as a human being, to for people to understand that whatever goal you're pursuing, whatever big dreams you have, whatever major transitions you're making in your life, um, you know, there are other people who have been through this and it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to seek help and seek support. And you don't have to do this by yourself and be isolated because imposter syndrome compounded then turns into mental health challenges, right? Because when you're doing something in an isolated way and that voice in the back of your head is telling you, you can't, you're nothing, you can never be this, then you start feeling depression. Then you start feeling all these other types of things. They're, they're very, very related. So um, that's why I felt it was important to share this, my experiences in this particular chapter. Yes, and as you mentioned, you also um, go, in, go into your mental health and how building the Clever Girl Finance business kind of took a toll in on your mental health. Um, so you wanna talk more about that and how like you managed that? Yeah. So, you know, building Clever Oil Finance, which I'm still building, um, has been a lot of a lot of different things, a lot of different emotion. Um, just the difficulties of being an entrepreneur, which is not unique to me. Um, and then also dealing with outside feedback, dealing with the fact that you put in so much effort into 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 something and sometimes the return takes a while. And while you're in the moment where there's no return, it's like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And then your imposter syndrome is in the back saying, yes, I told you so. I told you not to waste your time. I told you you're never going to do it. I told you so. And then you're like, you know, that is so true. That voice is so true. So for me, the mental health was, again, part of it was trying to do things in isolation, not talking about what I was feeling in my head. And then in addition to that, involving myself in all the statistics about why businesses fail. X amount of businesses fail in the first <laughs> in the first year. That's not helpful to me, but I was reading the doc the documents and the research and the statistics. And then, you know, people who would have so much to tell me about how their business closed and I would be like, yeah, I know, I know. Um, and just feeding that into my imposter syndrome, telling myself, yeah, you know what, girl, you should go look for a job. This is this is not the right path for you. So it took a toll, and that and it's so that's one thing. But then also just the fact that when I started the business, it was me, myself, and I. I was everything to everybody, which means I was mom, wife, driver, laundry lady, cleaning lady, business owner within the business. I was the virtual assistant, the email lady, the the SEO lady, the everything, the podcast editor, everything, and that meant I had very little time. For myself and it meant I had very little time for rest right so add on 
mental health challenges, add on imposter syndrome and compound that with minimal rest. And that is a recipe to be a hot mess. <laughs> and so that's something that I just, I had to, I wanted to be the perfect mom and have everything in order for my kids and then be present in my business and be all these things, you know, you know, and from the outside looking in, you're like, oh, wow, Bola does all, she's superwoman. But the, the fact is that far from the truth, and it was a real struggle. So I had to accept certain things. Like, you know, some days I cannot make dinner. We're going to eat something from the freezer. And there's only a few meals that I cook very well that take very little time. And if we don't want to eat that, we're going to order dinner. And it means having a cleaning lady because I don't have time to clean. <laughs> it means sometimes, you know, um, I, I've, I used to have an au pair before the pandemic. It meant having help in the house because I need to work sometimes, right? Um, so that I can then be be there for your your school play and for your recital and for those things, uh, but having that support in the house. So, um, imposter syndrome, mental health, those things are, are very very much intertwined. Uh, so yeah. Yes. So um, us as women, we tend to sort of put everything else first and ourselves last. Yes. Um, but we don't, we ignore like our needs. Um, so what are the risks of just ignoring your mental health? What toll can that take? I mean, it affects every aspect of your life. Ignoring your mental health affects your personal well-being. It affects your health. It affects your relationships with other people, your partner, your kids, your parents, your friends. Uh, it affects your your overall demeanor and how you how you feel, how you present yourself out in the world. Um, and it can be a downward spiral, right? I remember uh, a few years ago, I um, I was in this space of early stage of building clerical finance extremely tired, being a mom to kids, all these different things, overworking myself, feeling a little bit of depression, definitely struggling with anxiety. I have a lot of anxiety sometimes. And um, I get in a car accident with my kids. So somebody on their cell phone runs into me um, at the back of my car. And so I end up being taken to the hospital. I mean, this brace. And prior to that, I'm dealing with stress-induced migraines, right? Uh, which then started manifesting itself as vertigo. And so after this accident, like I had vertigo, like I, I just, I was at this point where I literally could not put my feet out of my bed to stand up. It felt like I was falling. I couldn't. So for, for the, for the three or four days where that was happening to me, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't work. I couldn't, um, be with my kids. I couldn't take them to school. I couldn't, I couldn't even watch TV because everything was spinning and I end up and end up being in therapy and with a neurologist to help manage the migraine. So they, they stopped manifesting as vertigo. And a lot of it had to do with rest and minimizing my stress. And a lot of the stress was coming from just how I was feeling, internalizing in my head, right? Um, I can just sit down, you know, you, as, a, as an individual, you don't have to be out working in under the hot sun to feel stress or feel tired. You can sit on the most comfortable sofa and start internalizing in your head all these things that are going to happen, which then leads to you being depressed, which then leads to you having a headache. And I would sit down at my desk working, but at the same time I'm working and I'm internalizing all these different things in my head. Um, 
that were just taking me down a terrible downward spiral for my mental health, with, which ended up manifesting in my physical well-being. So, you know, that's that's a reason why, you know, when it, that, that's really why you want to pay attention to your mental health and catch yourself in those moments where you start internalizing and then excessively internalizing and then internalizing every single day and then every single day becomes a pity party in your life when in actuality it, sh it shouldn't be and so one of the things that absolutely helps me is just pulling myself back out of that with gratitude and reminding myself of what I have done what I have accomplished even if it is a, a small tiny thing right you know me and my kids we watch a movie today or a big thing like I'm the author of Four books. I don't care what you tell me, imposter syndrome. I've written four best-selling books. Well, three best-selling books and one that's going to be a best-selling book. But I, I have to remind myself and be grateful, remind myself of what I've accomplished, one, and to be grateful that for, for what I have. And that helps to minimize all that nonsensical nonsense that I may start internalizing and talking to people. And it could be talking to a therapist. For me, it's talking to my husband and my mom. Those are my, my confidence and just putting it out on the table. Cause sometimes you just need someone to help you put things into perspective so you can get out of your own head. Um, so for anyone who's dealing with mental health struggles, you're not the only one. Um, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, sometimes when you start to do something different, when you want to do something big, when you, when you, you know, during those moments is when you can feel a lot of the pressure and it is, it's so worthwhile to, you know, to be able to open up if you need the support, but also catch yourself when you find yourself falling down that spiral. And if you, you feel like you need help and you feel like you need support, you definitely, definitely need to seek it. There's no shame in this game. Um, I used to be very isolated in business where it was just, like I said, me, myself, and I. And now I have a whole village that supports me. I have the Clever World Finance team. I have my mentors. I have my uh, board of advisors. Like there are people who are going to hold me up even when I want, even when I want to derail myself. <laughs> <laughs> they will not let me. And you need to have those people around you. Sometimes it's not people in your family. Sometimes it's not your friends. Like a lot of my friends don't even understand what it is I do. They just think I have an Instagram page. And that's fine. It is it is fine. <laughs> right. But sometimes you, you just need um, that support to just help you avoid that spiral. Just like, you know, you might just be at the cusp of it. And then someone will just be like, listen, girl, come back come back. Let's talk about this. Let's figure this out. Let's create a plan. Let's get out of your head. Yes. Um, it's so important to, to pay attention to that annoying voice in the back of your head because it just can manifest into all these things. Yeah. You, you want to know that it's there because you don't want it to keep speaking to you. And then you just take it as norm. You don't want it to spiral where it becomes the loudest voice in your head. And sometimes mm -hmm. when we ignore that, voice in the back of our head, it ends up being the loudest voice in the whole, in the whole of our head, because we, we just let it continue to gain power over us. We don't want that. Right. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so here at Clever Girl Finance, we make it a big deal to celebrate wins, big or small. Um, and I know you, you talked about this um, already, but I feel like it's important to just emphasize uh, why that is important. And um, if you can share like some examples of some things that we can celebrate. 
mm-hmm. and ways we can celebrate. Yeah. So celebrating wins is so important for your self-confidence and even for your mental health, because it's a reminder that despite everything that's happening, despite what's going on in the world, you are here and you have made this progress to be here. Even when you fall off, even when you make mistakes, even when you feel disappointed with yourself, there is still something that you can look at as a win right? Even recognizing that you have failed is a win. That recognition that, you know what, I did that wrong. Here is a lesson I've learned. That is a win. Being able to do that is a motivational boost for you. It helps for you to put yourself in check and it helps to minimize that nonsensical voice that's telling you, I told you so, you can't do it. It's recognizing that you've done something well. And it could be, depending on what your goals are, something as small as not blowing your budget or, you know, working out three days a week or reaching out to a friend you had a fight with that you really didn't want to reach out to, whatever those small things are, right? Sometimes for me, it's being able to read two pages in a book. Like I have a stack of books here, (laughs) not personal finance, just books that I want to read. And they have been looking at me for like months and I'm the queen of buying books. And it's just being able to read two pages in a book is a win for me because guess what? When I can read those two pages, it it takes my mind off of everything else, off of the bad news, off of the economy, off of the negativity, off of me internalizing away from my imposter syndrome because I'm caught up in this story and being able to have that mental break um, is good for my well-being and good for my mental health. So that is a win. It could be big things like, you know what, you got that promotion at work. You delivered that deliverable to your boss. You um, did X, Y, Z, and you want to own it and say, you know what, I did that. A lot of times, especially women, we tend to minimize um, what we have achieved, right? Uh, we tend to minimize our successes because we don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to disappoint people or make, or we don't want people to feel bad about what they haven't been able to accomplish. Um, but this is not you bragging. And sometimes when you, when you talk about your successes, you see, especially on social media, when the haters and the trolls want to really get to work, you become the bitch because, oh, wow, she's so arrogant. She's talking about what she's done. But you should be happy to share your successes because guess what? haters and trolls aside, the fact that you're sharing a success is motivating another young woman at work who's starting out in that same position where you started out years ago. It's motivating another young girl or young guy who's trying to get out of debt and sees that you have paid off 30% of your debt. It's motivating someone who doesn't know anything about investing, but sees you now starting to invest and build a portfolio. So being able to show your wins motivates you, but inspires other people. Um, and so I'm all about sharing wins. And again, I, you know, I did a podcast interview yesterday where I talked about starting Clever Girl Finance and on my, I created a Clever Girl Finance LinkedIn and I just put Bola Shokunbi and I didn't put founder or CEO, you know, for a couple of years. And I was, I think I did an interview and somebody said, describe yourself. And I'm like, well, my name is Bola Shokunbi and I run the site <laughs> Clever Girl Finance. She's like, no, you're a founder and you're a CEO of a company that's doing well, right? So a win for me, and I will do a humble brag here, is that our our content on Clever Finance makes us one of the largest personal finance platforms for women in the US. That's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. Like millions of people have visited our website to leverage our content. 
that is a huge deal and that's a win. So when I get caught up in my head and I'm like, oh my God, you're you're nothing. You can never do it. You're so successful. I have to say, you know what? Wait a minute, imposter syndrome. Let me bring my receipts and show you what we've been able to do here. So please be quiet. Sit in the back of the bus. Don't heckle me. Shut up. Right. So <laughs> you have to celebrate your wins. I have a a, um, a note, a notes um, thing on my phone so that when I'm forgetting myself, I can go back and scroll. I'm like, yeah, girl, I did that. I did that. I did that. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, those are very helpful tips. Um, so we've been talking about um, chapter eight, where you discuss um your struggles with imposter syndrome and mental health and other struggles. Um, what is the biggest takeaway you would like readers to get from this chapter? So the biggest takeaway is that it's okay to be vulnerable. There is no shame whatsoever in being vulnerable. It's okay to, to seek help. Um, it's okay to cry, right? If that's what's going to help you get over that difficult feeling. Because sometimes you get caught, so caught up in your emotions that you need some outlet, right? So maybe crying is a thing you need to do to cry and just take a deep breath so that you can get back together and, 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 um, and keep moving forward. So there's no shame in acknowledging that um, you're struggling. We all struggle, right? Um, there's no shame in, in being open to someone. Just make sure you're open with the right, to the right person, right? Uh, a big mistake sometimes is, is being vulnerable to a person who would then use it against you later on, you know, and add to that imposter syndrome. Like the worst kind of person to open up to is the person that will be like, well, look at you. Weren't you the person that was crying two days ago about what you couldn't do? You know, you don't want that kind of person. That's not the right person to open up to. And if those are the people you have in your life, for the first time, don't don't ever do that again. <laughs> Find someone else. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's okay to be to be vulnerable and leverage other people. Don't feel isolated. That's really important. Don't feel like you have to go at this alone. Um, you know, a lot of health insurance cover therapy. If you have to pay out of pocket, even if it's just for a session. It can it can be it can make all the difference. Um, maybe it's it's talking to to if a trusted friend or confidant or even strangers, right? Like there's people I've met um, just that are now parts of my life, but I just felt comfortable speaking to them about what I was struggling with. And they were super open, you know, they embraced me, they supported me. So again, don't be, don't be, don't isolate yourself. Yes. Um, I, I really like this chapter because, you know, you open up about something that women especially don't talk about about. And, you know, I even see it in the comments, like, you know, the, the appreciation for that, because that was hard, you know, to share. Um, and I wish that, you know, earlier in my career, I did have someone who can say, hey, I go through the same thing. Imposter syndrome never leaves, but here's how you can manage it because, you know, who knows where I would have been today if I had that. But um, I want to thank you, Bola, for for sharing Aww. that, for opening up. Yeah, it's, it's so important to open up. I mean, there are situations in my life where I have wanted people to open up and I, I they haven't because I was trying to seek 
a reference point. So a random example, I'm a mom of twins. And um, when I was pregnant, I, I was really, I didn't go to the birthing classes because I was terrified. <laughs> I didn't want to watch the video. So I was like, you know what, let me ask the people I know who already have kids and find out um, what this experience of birthing, <laughs> this baby is going to be like. Because <laughs> I have two here. And <laughs> I just want to know how are they going to come out? <laughs> and I found that at the time, not too many people I knew, well, that I could talk to close had, I had kids and it was just very guarded. It was okay. I think maybe they didn't want to instill fear in me because I also had a very high risk pregnancy. I was on bed rest for five months. And there was one person I spoke to and they're like, oh my God, it was so amazing. I was laughing throughout my pregnancy, throughout my delivery. It's not going to be a big deal, girl. It was so easy. I wasn't even tired. And I was like, that's not what I see in the movies. And that's not what people say. That's definitely what my mom said, like laughing throughout the delivery. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And I delivered my babies and it was zero fun. Right, I had an emergency C-section, a whole hot mess. Maybe one day we'll do a a motherhood conversation and talk about this. But yes, I had a a, a emergency delivery um, that put the bow on my high risk pregnancy, and I I was actually quite upset with this person for telling me that she her delivery was so simple and she was laughing throughout the delivery and. I later found out that that actually wasn't the case because she truly struggled, but she didn't want me to see her being vulnerable. And, you know, I was upset at her because I felt she could have opened up to me and just been honest so that I knew what to expect. But that was also a little bit selfish because she probably had her own issues with why she could not be vulnerable. And I think if more of us are vulnerable about what we go through, it makes it easier for other people to be vulnerable too, especially people who are in situations where they feel like they can't or they have to keep up appearances, right? Um, again, as women, we we a lot of times want to keep up this appearance of being a great mom, being great at our job, being great at our side hustle, being great, being great, being great. We don't want anyone to ever see our weaknesses, but we're doing a disservice to ourselves. We cannot be all at all times without sacrificing our own well-being. So I, once I realized that I stopped being, you know, upset with this person and it wasn't like a real anger. It was just like, why didn't she tell me kind of thing. And I realized, realized that, you know what, maybe she just never has had the opportunity to be vulnerable with other people. And even I, sometimes I struggle with being vulnerable especially when you go on social media and everybody's a massive success. <laughs> everybody's a superstar. <laughs> and then you come like, oh, you know what? I'm struggling. <laughs> I don't want to be that person. But again, it's okay. Find your, your, your close circle. Find, find that, you know, your, your, your people. Find your people. Find your tribe. And it's okay to be vulnerable. For sure. Well, thank you for your time, Bola. Um, and thank you all who joined us. Yes, thank you guys so much. Time. So please pick up a copy if you haven't already pre-ordered this book. Um, you can pre-order this wherever books are sold. It drops July 6th. Pick up a copy of this book. Tell your best girlfriends, family members, um, all that good stuff. And we will see you next week. Yasmina, do you want to say anything? <laughs> oh, thank you everyone for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye.
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.